I'm Julie Podowitz, CEO and founder of Grow Your Occupancy. Our passion is helping senior living providers maximize sales efforts and increase revenue. Join me as I chat with industry leaders who share their tips and strategies, and we'll have some fun along the way. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Grow Your Occupancy podcast. I'm Julie Podowitz, CEO and founder, and today I am welcoming one of my favorites to the show, Jill Berry. Hi, Jill. Hi, Julie. Thanks so much for having me today. It's my pleasure. Hey, Jill, you and I have known each other for some time, but for those of uh, listening who may not know or have the privilege to know you, can you tell us a little bit about you and Country Meadows? Absolutely. Well, a little bit about myself. I've been in the industry for, I can't believe I'm saying, about 25 years. And I will say, Julie, really grew up in the industry, which I'm super proud of that. Um, I think the credibility that comes with starting as a, honestly, a moving coordinator and growing um, really gives you a different level of trust with your teams and understanding of how things are evolving over time. I've been with Country Meadows for almost three years already. I can't believe time flies when you're having fun. And I'm super, super proud to be working for a family-owned um, and managed organization, which really, again, gives a different uh, perspective and what we can offer in the industry. So super proud to be here. We had Meredith, or I had Meredith Mills on the show a little while ago. You're... Uh, phenomenal chief executive officer. So we learned a little bit about Country Meadows and the culture, which is just one of the very, very best. I've known Country Meadows and the, the family for many years, like 15 years. And you are really seen as a leader, no pun intended, uh, in the industry in regards to many things. But one is culture. And, you know, I, there's so many topics we could talk about. Uh, but what I really wanted to pick your brain on is something that I'm hearing over and over and over again, and that is compensation, how to compensate salespeople in, you know, maybe not doing it the same old way, right? In a way that motivates and also works within a budget, but really uh draws and attracts and you guys have an incredible retention as, as well which is something I, I i'd love to pick your brain on later too but could you um tell me just a little bit about what your compensation kind of plan looks like and, and what you've seen jill that does motivate and intrigue salespeople? absolutely well i think uh, when we talk about compensation uh, clearly, there are layers to that. But one of the first things that we dig into is there should be a base amount that someone deserves to earn for doing the work that we ask them to do in the industry. Um, so beyond that base salary, we clearly do additional compensation. With that, I ask the team for feedback. So we're not prescriptive in saying, here's your plan. We're in a box. This is how we're going to do it. I do a lot of surveys asking what will motivate the team. 
and what's most meaningful to them. So um, our plan uh, clearly has the base salary. And then again, it does have that at-risk component based on move-ins. Um, our directors understand what their move-in goals are every month. We only compensate on permanent move-ins to the organization. So trial stays or anything like that do not get compensation unless they convert to permanent residency. So that also engages the team to get people to convert and do a really great job with customer service and satisfaction to get them to convert. Um, Julie, one of the other things that Country Meadows, um, which I'm very, very proud to be part of, is we do not use aggregators. So that is a huge part of when you talk about compensation, because then we're not, um, I'll say, putting, you know, revenue and expense into an aggregator. We get to really make sure that that's coming back to our team and compensating our team for doing that hard work and digging in. Some of the things that we look at, or I'll say feedback that I've gotten through the surveys, we love kickers. So we might look at um, our CRM and we set goals within our CRM, really looking at quality of contact. So then do we do a quarterly kicker that's based around goals that are set by campus in our CRM? Um, we also look at um, other, you know, I'll say over the top of if we have somebody moving in and we're able to do a higher community fee, do we give someone a little bit of extra if they're able to charge more for the community fee? Um, we have something called friendship suites, which are our shared accommodations. So we've done kickers on campuses that have done a really great job of really moving folks in to those friendship suites. So those are just a few of the examples that I'll say we've already done and things that the teams have said are meaningful to them. They also love the concept of annual. So for example, if we expect a campus to have 70 move-ins and they go above that number for the end yeah. of the year, be, and I hate to even say outside of a monetary award, but are there other things that motivate them? So we're rolling what we're calling the Governor's Award Program, because clearly Governor Leader started Country Meadows. And again, looking at categories, again, solicited and really that feedback from the field of what's meaningful for those categories. And then could it be trips, can be little prizes, it could be monetary, but again, things that is, it's meaningful to them to receive those awards. And we do see that as compensation in a little different way. I was gonna ask you well, first, the no aggregator, which I would, I'm gonna jump to say that no one listening to this wouldn't want to raise their hand to say, count me in on that. Cause I was going to ask, what your thought was on companies who want to bonus less or compensate less if it's an aggregator move-in. I know you don't use aggregators. I, mm -hmm. you know, for me, it's like sales is sales. It's very difficult to get a move-in period, whether it's an aggregator, you know, the lead is served up to us, so to speak, right? In the way that it is. And it's the same uh, you know, the same uh, rate of difficulty. Um, so I, you know, I know you don't use aggregators, but I love the fact that you mentioned, well, gosh, since we don't, we can take the dollars that we're paying an outside source just to feed us a lead and use those dollars and be ahead, right? Your NOI, because that's a, that's a yeah. huge problem. And yeah. then I was also going to ask about non-monetary and how mm -hmm. motivated you mentioned, so maybe at the end of the year, or I was going to ask what your team or what you've 
uh, done or about contests and like, you know, pizza parties, things like that. How motivating is that? Yeah. Well, so back to the aggregators, I would actually challenge that aggregator leads can be more difficult to work than other leads. Because to your point, what I've seen in the past with other providers, they tend to um, come in a higher volume, but not necessarily a higher quality, often a lower quality. Um, right. So I would say teams, if they're working with those, it actually can be harder work than some other leads that come in. So that's probably a little bit of my own opinion, but that's what I've experienced. So I do think that that plays in. The other thing with not paying on aggregators, it allows us to really look at our marketing budgets, which for us, our marketing budgets clearly are separate to say, what avenues do we want to pursue where we're seeing return on investment, where we're placing ads on, you know, whatever, Facebook pages or how we promote them on our own website. So we can then again, allocate those dollars into things that matter, either our own team or how we want to do our marketing efforts. So that's a little bit on that. The non-monetary, um, we have done, and again, I know this language is out there in the industry, but you know, the gold in the cold or the mining for gold, um, so things like that. And then how you can tier those programs to make them meaningful for the team, I think can be a lot of fun. The big change that we're looking at this year is the quality component versus quantity. So as we switched CRMs last year, a lot of that was really quantity driven. And now we really are trying to set goals and um, outcomes for the team based on quality. So those quality measures are really going to be, um, I'll say, forward facing for 2024. So we've done, you know, lead based um, components. We do a lot with the community fee because, again, I think that can be line of sight. Um, and again, I think how quickly you compensate someone can really matter to them as well. So if, if teams have to sit and wait, yeah, is an yeah. annual reward the right way to do it? Or is that so far down the path that they really, they lose sight? The biggest thing for me with compensation, if the team doesn't understand it, it's not meaningful. And I, I hear all the time when I interview folks, I don't really understand how I get paid. Oh, wow. Yeah, gosh, good point. good point. Let's not assume, right? Yeah. 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 And do you... Uh, you mentioned kickers, which I love, uh, and kind of uh, putting things out there from a short, a shorter time perspective. So it's not a year end yeah. bonus, although a year end bonus certainly is is great too. Um, yeah. The how is kickers another way to say contest? Um. Yes and no. So for us, kickers again, it it might be um something again like goals in the CRM. It okay. might be if you are able to upsell a certain apartment, then maybe you get a certain amount of dollars if you're able to upsell. Um, and again, I've, I've worked with a number of companies that have done that. So not something specific to Country Meadows, but out there in the industry. Um, again, again, it could be on the community fee. So maybe you get a percentage of the community fee that you collect. So if you're able to collect more, then you're going to obviously get more returned to the salesperson who's bringing that revenue into the organization. So again, a lot of fun that you can do with um, motivating people. And it's typically ideas, again, coming back from them, which is really cool. I love that. I love your your collaboration on that. They have a, a stake in it and they they feel seen and heard. And we don't, what, what motivates any of us? Salespeople, though, should be mode marketing, sales. We should be motivated on carrots. You know, exactly. I, you've been in the business as long as, as I have. And we used to, oh, no, no, we don't. 
you know, we are motivated by helping people. Well, certainly, because if you're not really in the wrong business, right? But in sales, we depend on sales and marketers to drive in revenue. And if they're not motivated by some kicker, whatever it is, money, I don't know who isn't motivated by financial gain, uh, who's who's working, um, but that those other things as well. And I think that it also, Jill, is like a recognition, right? It's, it's you know, you could give someone a, you know, a, a hundred dollars or which, which, you know, we, everyone would want. But what I find a lot of what really is um, really motivating is, is recognition, seen and heard, uh, acknowledgement. And I think all those kickers acknowledge it's harder to sell a full community fee, or it's harder to sell, a, you know, a bigger, you know, friend suite with, you know, it's a higher rate. It's, you know, two people full rate. And that, in my opinion, it should be recognized in some way. Then, then maybe it's not easy to sell anything, but if you gave, you know, had to do a little bit of an incentive and you had to cut community fee and have kudos, great, got the sale, but it's one sale isn't, necessarily is is the same like all sales aren't the same yeah and i think julie it's it's interesting that you say that one of the tools that the organization uses is we have um folks complete what we call an appreciation profile when they join the company so we try and learn about each of us as an individual and how we are motivated or how we'd like to be recognized. So it's almost like the, the love languages, you know, again, of what really is meaningful to folks. Do they like a handwritten note? Do they like forward appreciation in front of public? Do they like private appreciation? So we really try and do a lot with learning those tools. Um, there are also some organizations out there that you can partner with where you can send your, you know, your sales team coffee in the morning and it's electronically delivered to their right. inbox. So there's a lot of fun that you can do with that. Um, you were speaking too of um, this, we're just rolling now in with the new year to a little bit of a twist with our comp plan, where again, we talked about their goal. So what is their campus goal for permanent move-ins? If they exceed that goal, we're doing what I'm going to call a progressive so they're getting a little bit more per move-in whenever it's beyond whatever their initial goal is. I love that. I think to your point too, you have to figure out is, is your group, and I say group carefully, motivated by individual sales and compensation or team sales and compensation when it comes to above and beyond the base salary. We're an organization that we love to do team so while you want some competitive within the campus, at the end of the day, we want people partnering and doing what's best for that resident and that family that needs someone to help them and be their advisor through the, the sales process. So even though we compete and we're competitive people, at the end of the day, we want to do what's right to grow the occupancy by helping that family. So sure. then the team works together and they all win. To your point, whether it's partnering with operations, clinical, doing you know, a pizza party or a movie night or things like that that includes, like we've done uh, food truck events to also celebrate whenever it's the whole campus. Because at the end of the day, you can't do it without everyone. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, 
Jill, anything else? Oh, one thing when you were talking about, you know, kickers and there's gold in the cold or change of the couch, as you know, I say, <laughs> uh, I was uh, just, uh, well, I was on a virtual and I saw it on the chat yesterday that one uh, VP of sales said that they do, uh, or I think it's a contest or a kicker right now of prospects or people who've been in the database X amount of time she and she did share that they had to move in from to someone from 2011 and 2015 meaning that's when they first inquired right yep. so we need more leads we need more leads yes we love them we like it but they're they're people that have already raised their hand and it could have been seven eight years when she said 20 2011 I thought she meant 2021 which is a long time Mm -hmm. I, I like that. I know that's something you and I talked about uh, probably over a year ago that to encourage, because that's what it, you know, encourage that behavior of, oh, I don't exactly know what their kicker is, but you get double or whatever if the move-in is from XYZ years old. Do you guys ever do anything like that? We did. So earlier in 2023, we had a kicker that anyone that was in a lead base over 365 days. Um, and what's really neat is if you work with a great CRM and partner, it's easy to pull those numbers in and literally get a report to show you that. But it really, again, it showed the value of working your entire lead base. Um, and Julie, I think one of the examples I shared with you is uh, we have a director that moved someone in that was in her lead base for over 3,300 days. Um, because of how old our organization is as well, and we're very, uh, we have a great reputation and very credible in our markets, we get a lot of that, oh, my mom lived here or my aunt lived here 20 years ago, 25 years ago. So we get that repeat business through the generations, and those folks are in our lead base for a really long time. So it's really, again, like you said, working the whole lead base and not necessarily needing a lot of new people. It's making sure that we're in constant contact with those folks. But it's fun. It's fun to do. Again, I call those kickers, but fun little rewards. I like, um, kickers. I like that. Yeah, help people with that. I, lo I love kickers. And everyone's motivated differently, but people will laugh at me. How, what, what will motivate me personally is it could be a $5 thing, or it could be a, you know, a non-monetary thing. And I'm so excited <laughs> because it's, you know, it's, it's just that, I think it's right. It's that validation that, you know, we hear so many no's, we hear so many, we feel like, are we really, we're pushing a boulder up a hill in selling senior living. We are, it's very difficult. And anything that we can do to, recognize that and then make it just even easier or maybe not slide back and, and roll over us is I'm sure another reason why you have such amazing retention across the board but on the sales side which is very unusual and yeah. we're running out of time but I did want to ask just real quick before we go Jill you mentioned quality versus quantity earlier on and you said we look in the CRM for quality um and looking at uh, I was assuming, and I don't want to, that quality notes. What what would you look at for like a quality kicker? Well, and I think that, again, by quality versus quantity, you can set goals. So if you set a kicker just around um, a numeric goal and you say, oh, we'd like you to have whatever, 150 phone calls, 
can do 150 phone calls, but are they meaningful and purposeful? Right. So we're really moving to those conversations, you know, with, again, what is the power that we have to really educate folks, help them understand what their options are and be that resource. So are we really using pre-call planning? Are we really planning ahead before someone's coming in for that in-person visit so that they have a great experience by meeting the right people? So it may take more time for us as the leadership team to dig in with that coaching and those conversations, but it's not just about doing the number of calls. It's around the quality behind those calls because that's what matters to the business. So um, again, when we look at kickers and like that, it's not going to be the same for every campus it's not going to be the same for every person. Right. And I'm probably in a fortunate situation with a smaller organization that we can get to know every individual sales director. Whereas some folks are running obviously much larger businesses, but having that opportunity, you can really sit down and understand again, what motivates them and help them understand the why behind what we're doing. The power of that is unbelievable. Jill Berry, and now I think everyone else knows why you hold a very special place in my heart. You are wonderful in so many ways. Thank you for taking time out and sharing your expertise on this hot topic. I'm going to call it a hot topic for 2024. Um, and if you are interested in learning more about Grow Your Occupancy, please reach out. You can also subscribe. We're going to be doing some more YouTube lives. And if you subscribe, then you'll get our notifications uh, when we do go live. Because your input and your feedback only makes everybody better. And that's our goal, right? Thank you again so much for joining me and Jill Berry. And until next time, I'm Julie Podowitz with Grow Your Occupancy.